you know, the top authors in the world, they keep writing books over and over and over and over and over again because they know that one book isn't going to make them, you know, a millionaire or billionaire. That's how you get known as an author as you keep writing. Welcome. You are listening to the Jordan Baylor Draft, a podcast that inspires writers to push through their limiting beliefs and blow the lid off of their personal creativity. My name is Jordan Baylor, a filmmaker best known for my animated web series, Love the Moochers. Listen as I sit down with writers to talk methods, habits, lessons learned, and how to make a beneficial impact with your work. Today is a new draft. Rewrite yours and improve. So today I want to talk about profit and looking at your career, your writing career as a business, as something for you to get money from. So often writers take on this mindset that if you write, you have to be broke or you have to struggle for your art. It it doesn't make sense. Or another one is that a big corporation is going to have to choose you and, and, and make you this special author who can only publish books through their big publication. And that's the only way you're going to be rich and famous. It's all total bullshit. It's time we stand in our ability to generate wealth through our own words. You're a writer. If you write, write, generate money with your words. There's so many different ways to make a dollar. And that's what I like about the skill of writing. In this week's episode, I spoke with a man named Henrik. He's an entrepreneur first and a writer second. Uh, He basically broke down his process of how he finds a niche, figures out who to interview, and then takes said interview and um, turns them into books, which go on to sell. He does this full time. He's a guy who generates words with, generates wealth with his words. So I really would like you to take a step back, listen to Henrik's process, and then see how can you systematize your words or books or scripts or anything like that to where you can start to generate money through your words. It's time you step back and say, it's a business. So treat it as such. I hope you enjoy the interview as much as I enjoyed conducting it. Hi, welcome to another edition of the Jordan Baylor Draft, a series where we deep dive into the minds of authors, coaches, and industry creative on what it takes to thrive as a writer. I have on the line self-published author of seven nonfiction books. He is the host of the podcast, Another Damn Podcast, meet serial entrepreneur and writer Henrik DeGior. Hello. How are you doing today, this? How are you doing today, sir? Thanks so much for having me on uh, the show, Jordan. <laughs> I think my trip up made you trip up just a little bit. <laughs> of course. So I like to start off every interview and ask, like, who is Henrik? So uh, I am an entrepreneur, to your point. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a consultant by trade. I'm also a podcaster and a writer um, of, as you mentioned, seven different books. I also have a series of podcasts that I do. Uh, and I consult around books, podcasts, and uh, something called digital asset management. What's digital uh, asset management? It's managing of media. So digital media, like your audio, video, text, graphics, and photos that you have. Uh, often for a, a, an organization of any size, uh, think of it as your marketing or your advertising imagery, your videos, all that stuff. You accumulate it, right? But the eventually you have to find it and use it again, right? Uh, to get the maximum value out of it. Um, I help organizations do that. 
Oh, okay. So it's kind of like um, you help people take their content and, and repurpose it and make it, bring it like up to date. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So um, how did you get into um, the book publishing game? Well, um, I was asked actually to to write a book or a while back and by a, a publisher and um, I said, sure, send me a contract. Um, and they, I looked at the contract and, it, and it, this was for digital asset management. And they said, um, oh, we'll, we'll give you royalties for print, but we won't give you any royalties for eBooks. And I was like, mm-hmm. why not? And they're like, well, this is our policy. And I was like, well, are you willing to negotiate that? And, uh, and they were like, no. I was like, okay, well, then that's the same answer you're going to get from me. <laughs> so so uh, I, I skipped that. And then they came back to me and said, well, are you willing? We found another author that I actually knew. Um, and uh, they would like you to be the technical editor on this book, the same book. And I was like, sure. And so they paid me that. And then uh, I got royalties on that as well. So I was like, well, that sounds like a better deal. Um, so that's still for sale. And then eventually I wrote more books around digital asset management and other related topics. And then people asked me to write books for them. Um, I did that as well. Um, oh, you're a ghostwriter as well? Um, I, I do that too on occasion. Uh, but most of the time I write... Uh, things to get out of my system, if you will, uh, <laughs> that are not available in, in the market. So I, I find a niche. So the some people say the, the riches are in the niches, right? Yeah. Uh, the, so the, I find a niche that hasn't been um, uh, developed enough or, or spoken about or written about enough and, uh-huh. and, and develop that. Uh, so I, many of my podcasts and books are around very, very niche topics um, that are, don't have an enormous audience, but they have an audience and they have professionals working in that field, but they have very little voice. So what I do is I, 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 I literally interview them, mm-hmm. people, in, other professionals in that field to find out their insights, their perspectives, their thoughts around you know, this and that uh, around a topic, right? Any topic, it doesn't really matter, right? Just a, a very focused topic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I have one on user adoption, the the adoption of a product or service, right? Uh, you know, things that businesses should be paying attention to. Um, that now that's called customer success, right? Um, so there's a uh-huh. lot of s- customer success managers that I interview around that. So I've interviewed people, very large organizations to very small startups and understand the, the, the similarities and the differences, the challenges and successes around that. And I asked them about that. So I, I interview piles and piles of people, sometimes uh, 50 a year or so. Um, and then I, I, I transcribe that with their knowledge and I create a book from the transcript of, because I ask very boilerplate questions mm-hmm. around that, right? So I ask like, who are you and what do you do? So it's a self-introductory statement, right? Uh, so I don't have to read a long bio of, you know, six pages <laughs> of Jordan or whoever, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then I ask a question around, um, what are the biggest, how are you involved with the topic? How are you involved with this topic? Then, so that they explain how they might be involved, right? And then, so to, to set this stage and what what context they're going to set the context for the content that's about to come up in the in the interview. And then, what are the biggest challenges and successes with said field or topic or whatever, right? So they give me their top list, right? Of of you know the big top one or two, right? Um, and then, uh, and they're often different, even though I interview them about the exact same topic. I interview like hundreds of people about the exact same topic. Almost everyone's is different. 
Then um, I have uh, people talking about um, what a what advice do you have for people working on the field and people mm-hmm. are aspiring to get into said topic, field, whatever, right? And there's usually great advice on both sides, right? Because people are usually interested in or looking for the next opportunity, right? To get into, stick their teeth into said field, right? Um, yeah. And or, or know more about it, right? It's like, oh, I missed that point. It's like, oh my God, that, that's such a great insight. Uh, so all good things, right? And then lastly, it, it kind of look self, low self-promotion um, around, so how can we find out more about you and what you do in said topic, field, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, those are my boilerplate questions. And, and so they can, they can give contact information, a website, uh, push a product, whatever, uh, or service, of course. Um, and, and then, uh, I become a, a, a thought leader in that space by default and they become even more of a subject matter expert in their own field. So it works very, very well on both sides. Um, that and- is a brilliant way to build authority very quickly. Um, now, did you, when you first did your very first, like, cause you said that you do it in different niches when you did it for your first, um, niche, was it intentional to build authority in that space or was it intentional to write a book and publish it in that space? What was it, your objective? The, the authority and, and the insights were, were my, my perspective the, that I wanted. So I wanted new perspectives, not just my own, because I started with a monologue, honestly, of a podcast and those are really dull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> regardless, of, <laughs> regardless of your of, of how how awesome your voice sounds or or not, doesn't yeah. really matter. Um, but when you don't do the talk radio equivalency, but you actually have interviews with other people, even people you don't know, like I would say, over ninety percent of the people I I interview, I've never met. Mm. Like point blank, uh, I'll I'll find them typically online on a social media channel that is business related. You can figure out which one that is, <laughs> and. and uh, find them and ask them in an introductory statement. It's like, Hey, I, I, I noticed that you're, you have a lot to say around this topic. Would you be interested in being interviewed? If so, connect with me and I'll send you the questions. Wow. Right. It's that simple. It's just that simple. I, I love how you break it down. You turned it into like a business for a, a writer who's setting up, uh, who's setting on a book and he hasn't published it. What are some steps they can do uh, before they publish that will set them up for the greatest chances of uh, success? Great question. Yeah. So um, first I would start with an outline of what are you going to be talking about? Who's your audience? Mm-hmm. Who's this for? What's it for? Right. Um, to use some of Seth Godin's points, right? Um, if, if you figure out who's it for and what's it for, regardless of whether it's fiction or nonfiction, uh, whoever that audience is, there's an avatar or a, a, a genre of people that are interested in this topic. So mm-hmm. figure out who, who's it for? And then what's, what are you going to say? What do you want them to do? What's your call to action? Right. Aside from buy my book, right. That's, that's a given, but you know, that's not good enough. Or it's like buy my book that doesn't sell many books. Let's be honest. Um, the, the idea of, of I'm in this book, I'm going to tell you about blah. Right. And, and in this, you're going to learn steps to do whatever, or uh, be inspired by a story around this. Right. and, get something out of it, right? Because that's why you buy a book. You, you want to be entertained. You want to be informed. You want to be whatever, right? Uh, get something out of it. Get some value for your X dollars that you spent for it. Um, even if you got it for free at the library, uh, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, so uh, for your time, you should get something out of it. What, do you, what are they going to get out of it? And what are they going to learn or be entertained by? 
I love uh, those questions because it really makes the author sit down and kind of think like, what is it outside of, okay, this is an entertaining book to me because I wrote it. Like, what are they going to get from this mystery book or whatever it is? Mm -hmm. Um, I I really dig that you consider yourself an entrepreneur first and a book author second because you place like a monetary value on your work, which is so important. You know, a lot of writers view it through like this purest lens where like, oh, it's for art. But at the end of the day, it's a business and you want to do it, you know, for a living. Mm -hmm. Um, When you first started and was like, I'm going to write books. I know you said that the uh, publishing house approached you first. Was it your intention to write books before they approached you or when they approached you? It set off that bell in your head. It was like, oh yeah, I could go this route. I, I, I was uh, open to the route and I knew that the the publishing industry was um, very exclusive, if you will. It mm. still is, right? Yeah. Um, because you know, th- there's the... By today's standard, there's a, a inclusivity and exclusivity, right? And yeah. we know who's winning that war. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so the the inclusivity is around self publishing. Full disclosure. And and to answer your question, um, I was open to having a conversation with publishers as long as it was a fair conversation and not one sided. Oh, where well, we're going to make money and you just keep writing. Because yep. that, that's that's what a lot of publishers do. And it's honestly, it's, it is a business. Let's be honest. It's a business first. The, what publishers don't tell you, and they're never going to tell you, is they don't really care if people read your book. They just want people to buy it. Yep. right? And as a business person, I understand that, right? Because it's sales first and impact potentially second. Um, it, but realistically speaking, in order to sell it, I need to be impact you first, and tell you this has value to you because of X, Y, Z, right? And then if you want more of me or more of my thoughts around this, you can t- pick up my book uh, you know, on Amazon or wherever and, and read about blah, 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 right? Um, so the, the publishers don't really do that. They, they do very, very little by today's standard. They help you edit it. They help you figure out what the cover is going to look like uh, because you know that sells and the, the title and things like that. Um, and they give you a little bit of help with the editing. But as far as marketing, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's on you. It's really on you. Um, they'll, they'll help you and they'll happily uh, fork somebody over for more money to help <laughs> you with that. Um, so it, it's, it's really on you to write it, to create it, to... to tune your message to what you want to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, because the book is not the end all be all, right? A lot of people say, oh, I wrote a book. It's like, that's great. That's great. <laughs> you know, the top authors in the world, they keep writing books over and over and over and over and over again, because they know that one book isn't going to make them, you know, a millionaire or billionaire. Uh, yeah. Even the only billionaire uh, author uh, alive today um, who sold most, of, who gave away a lot of her fortune. And you can guess what series of uh, young author, young adult books that she wrote. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, she, she's still writing books, right? That, that's, yeah. that's the goal. But because that's how you get known as an author is you keep writing. Not, I, I wrote a book. It's like, but, you know, I mean, I, you can get a ghostwriter and yeah. write a book too. Um, if you really want a, a, a book with if your you name on it. it. Yeah. 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 You put that book on your shelf if that matters <laughs> to you. It's like, you know. It could be an ego stroke for some people. Oh, yeah. I like, 
I like how you uh, rejected. I, I kind of want to go back to like the, the publishing deal that you rejected. I like how you went through the contract and just didn't accept it just because, oh, I want to you know be with this publishing house. Or, you know, a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. What Other than the ebook um, royalties, what was another like tripwire that was like, hey, you know what? This isn't a good deal for me. This isn't fair to me. What was another signal in that contract for you? Um, it was the, the, they weren't really engaged in the topic. Like they, they had a deal with a large company to write this, uh, where they were, they were getting forked over a pile of money. It's like, because a, a, a well-known conference, let's just say by a well-known company mm-hmm. wanted to give away these books to all of their audience. Right. So they would have, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of people attending said conference and they, they said, Oh, we need a book on Topic X, Y, and Z. Can you write a book on X? It's like, sure. I can, because I'm a thought leader in X. Sure, no problem. I can do that. I can do that in my sleep. Um, yeah. So so it wasn't necessarily the, the, the writing part. The writing part is, if you know what you're going to write about, it's not that hard. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 people put a lot of emotional value on the, the writing part. Um, take it away and it's a process, like everything else. Um, which can be broken down into simple steps like I've been talking about um, and understanding how are you going to write and what are you going to write about in each part of your book, regardless of what kind of book you're writing, whether it's poetry or, or mystery or, or uh, a dry subject, it doesn't really matter um, and make try to make it interesting. This episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Sock Season. I have a pair of their unisex essential star quality socks and man, they are comfortable. They truly are. They, they, they come in like weird, funky, cool colors. And I'm not just saying this because they paid me. I'm saying it because I'm a big sock guy and I hate socks that fall apart after a few washes or they're cheap, or they're they're tight around the toe, or they hurt around the ankle. I've experienced a lot of different socks, and a lot of these companies are cutting corners. I've gotten socks from H&M, different department stores, and quite frankly, I feel like I've gotten beaten a lot of times because I no longer wear the socks. And after a few washes, they either rip, or they shrink, or I lose a pair, or I lose one of the socks. Those two are on me. But sometimes they're warped and they just lose their shape. But the cool thing about Sock Season is Sock Season has a unique 30-day wash guarantee, which covers socks bought within the first 30 days. Like if you buy them and they fall apart within the first 30 days, they will replace them. No questions asked. Which is crazy, but that's how much they believe in their socks. So go to www.sockseason.com. S-O-C-K-S-E-A-S-O-N.com. Use coupon code OFFSTAGE for 25% off your first order and tell them Jordan sent you because every day is sock season. I love uh, how you said everything's a process and then you kind of like 
took away the allure and like the aura around publishing a book and was like, okay, now you're just going to sit down, you're going to write it this way and it's going to publish it on this day. And I think maybe I'm going to take that and and apply it to my own writing because sometimes I kind of make it too airy-fairy in my head and like the the muse has to visit me and all, you know, like I I just, I I really like how you're not, I I won't say the word cold, but like very, (laughs) very uh, productized about your books. Mm -hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to pivot a little bit and hear about your uh, podcast, the uh, Another Damn Podcast, where you've interviewed um, tons of what is it the the um, you interview? Is it about the? Is this the podcast about the? Oh, okay, the digital asset management. You have like seven podcasts. That's why I was. Trying. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> it's confusing. Yeah, I, was like, I know. Yeah, I was like trying to figure out. I was like, wait a minute, what do my notes say? Like, so you have like seven podcasts, and I do. you figured out a way to monetize all of them. Um, what is it about podcasting that you enjoy the most? Well, it's reaching out to other people about different perspectives. So, so with another damn podcast, another dam podcast.com, um, I've, I've been inter- be able to interview hundreds of people in completely different sectors and industries about the exact same subject. So digital asset management is used by everyone from church groups to the Pentagon, from big box stores to fashion companies, from mm-hmm. pipe fitters to, um, you know, uh, car companies. Um, so it's, 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 there's a huge variety of people using the, this tool, this, uh, which is basically a, a tool that, that we talked about to manage media, um, mm-hmm. in, in volume. Um, and, um, I, I'm a thought leader in it. And there wasn't really any podcasts about the topic aside from a few vendors that would just, just promote their the sale of their tool. Yeah. So I wanted to do it vendor neutral. So I don't advertise any of the 200 plus vendors that are out there. Um, the the person who I interview, who is typically a a, a practitioner or end user of the product, uh, mm-hmm. any product, it doesn't really matter as long as it's a damn product. Um, they they talk to me about not the product itself, not the software, not the the hardware that they're using, because that's very dry and honestly, it doesn't help the people. It, yeah. The, the, what helps the people is the is that individual explaining how they use it within that organization and how it helps that organization, how they are able to help that organization using that piece of software, um, which is an extension. I mean, the, the software is about twenty percent of the equation, and the soft skills, right, and the convincing of of said management, said executives, and said uh, stakeholders is the other eighty percent, right, uh, along with metadata and other exciting topics like that, which I've talked about separately on other podcasts um, and understanding what it's, what it's about. Okay. So you have your podcast and then you get your interviews and then you turn them into a book. Can you walk me through the process of you getting a book together? Like how does, what does that look like? Sure. Yeah. I actually, I, I journaled my last book uh, mm-hmm. from start to finish from, from inception, like, like, Oh, uh, literally on on Valentine's Day one year, um, I came up with the idea. I was like, oh, I could do a book about this. It's like, oh, there's no book about this. So, a so book about putting together a book, huh? Yeah. It's, it's like well, the inception of books, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it, it was a book of, um, uh, you, you can look on henrikdegeor.com's, uh, it, it, that's just my name.com, and, and find find the, 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 the article 
which will, will be available, honestly. It, it's already written. Uh, I journaled every single day that I thought and, and did anything around the book. Um, so from inception, I, I figured out, okay, what's the topic of my next book? And what's available around it? So I research, I go on Amazon, Google, um, you know, the library, look around, poke around, see, has anyone written anything about it? Has anyone done movies or whatever on this topic, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the answer was no. Like very, very little. It's like very dry. Uh, no one really knows how to break it down. So it's like, oh, perfect. New niche. Awesome. Love it. Um, but is there an audience? So I go on various social media networks uh, and, and websites and look. It's like, are people talking about this? Um, is there an audience of sizable notes? Like, you know, over 10,000 people caring, talking at least about this, right? Yeah. Uh, and the answer is yes. It's like, okay, moving on. <laughs> where can I find hundreds of people maybe in the same place that I was just looking at uh, to interview that I could boilerplate email or message them and saying, Hey, uh, I noticed you're, you're a thought leader or subject matter expert on blah, blah topic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so let, let's go down that road and, and message hundreds of people, literally hundreds of people, maybe around a thousand, let's be honest. Um, and message them and say, okay, so if I if I tweak my message one way, like do A-B testing, like if I t- tweak my message this way, I get more responses than if I tweak my message that way, right? And yeah. see, so, so I message them, or I keep messaging them and seeing if I get responses. Um, now, I'm sure there are tools to do that in a, in a spammy way, uh, but that's not my goal. I, I literally want, I'm genuinely interested in what they have to say. And I generally want an interview with them. Now, not everyone's schedule allows it. Not everyone's company allows it to, to mm-hmm. talk about openly about what they do at blah, blah company about, you know, what they are professionals around. And that's totally fine. Okay. Move on with life. You're not going to get them. Uh, yeah. Right. So you move on, like kind of like interviews like this, right? Uh, so you, you move on and, and you get the people that you, that are interested. So let's just say there's a um, hundred people that are interested out of the thousand. That, that, that would be a good day. Let's be honest. Um, that would and, be a good day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, but I, I add to it and make it much, much simpler by systemizing it. Okay. Ah. This, is, this is the key. I put a link in there saying, when you're ready to schedule something, just use my Calendly link. Ah, okay. Right? Okay. So, so they're self-booking themselves. Yeah. And they're self-opt-in by scheduling themselves into my podcast. Okay. So why not? Right. Does that mean, yeah. I mean, you're either in or you're out. Right. I mean, there's yeah. no like halfway kind of sort of in between. I might message them twice if they're really, really intriguing. Um, you know, and they have an impressive like list of books or websites or they're doing amazing things in blah, blah field. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but beyond that is like, you know, you're either in or out, you know, it, uh, in the coming, I'll just say, I think I scheduled a month to do 50 some interviews. Oh, wow. That is yeah. a lot. Yeah. And so I journaled on a daily basis or every few days, like how many people would sign up, how many people I would reach out to and, and eventually got to a set number. So I, my goal was around 54, to be honest with you, 54 interviews. So I would have one podcast every week. Mm. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, and then two or three to be released in the very beginning. So I have some content to look at day one, right. Or week one. Fair. 
Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Not just, hey, I have a new podcast. Check it out. Hey, bye. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, okay, that's not really anything. No going. one cares. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. No one yeah. cares. No, no one cares. cares. <laughs> yeah. No one cares. What do you do? Another yeah. podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. Ooh, another Ooh. 1.2 million and one. <laughs> <laughs> another podcast I'm not going to listen to. Thanks, right. dude. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so, so you give some content, you give some meats to chew on, right? To, 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 to look at it. It's like, oh, they, they actually have content to share. Oh, they have notable speakers, right? And but I don't release it like as soon as they're 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 scheduled, right? Or as soon as they're recorded. What I do is I accumulate them first. I accumulate them all first, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll let's say I I, uh, I my goal was fifty four. I accumulated under uh, less than that, but I could launch with that, right? So I had my MVP, right? Mm-hmm. So I had I think it was like thirty some, forty some, roughly, and. With that, well, 30, 40 weeks should be enough to launch a podcast, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so I, I do bulk recording, then I yeah. do bulk editing, then I do bulk scheduling. So all systemized. There's no like start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. No, 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 no. Yeah, it, no. It's bulk, bulk record, sorry, bulk schedule, the, the interview, bulk record, bulk edit, bulk um, uh, schedule, uh, the, the release. Yeah, right? the release. The right? release. Right. Now yeah. there, there's another step in this is after I edit it, I transcribe it. I used ah. to I used to use human transcribers and I found that they were mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Slow because they're human. Right. <laughs> um, so and they were expensive because, well, they're human. It's a human. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I I found multiple different tools and I I, I blog about it on, on HenrikDeGuerra.com about which tool I, I've used in over over the, the period of time and it's evolved, honestly. And the price has evolved too, honestly. So so that's a factor. And eventually I find the right tool that will do it for me um, and transcribe everything for me very, very clearly with a few tweaks because there is no such thing as a perfect transcript in existence, right? Whether it's made by a machine or a human because Mm -hmm. that human or humans don't have the context. Yes. And they they may not understand my accent for the sake of arguments or how I said a certain word, right? Or I use a, a, a jargon that is unknown, Right to said the, people yeah, or machine computer. Yeah. Right. Right. Like damn. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. D A M. Not D A M. Not the other one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it, that that gets transcribed. Then I, I go through the editing process of editing the book because it's not a raw transcript thrown into a book. Have a nice day. That that would be honestly a lazy and b not helpful to anyone, including myself. Mm-hmm. Um, there's. Because I ask my questions in a boilerplate fashion, and by the way, I supply them the the all the individuals prior to scheduling the interview, all the questions. Like this yeah. is the, the questions that I mentioned so you earlier. Give them time to kind of think about it, so it's not just like yeah, you kind of let the question marinate. For sure, yeah, I want them to ponder in advance and know thoughtfully what they're going to say, even if they have boilerplates to, to talk about point A, B, B, C, E, F, G, whatever. That's fine, no problem. Um, instead of like, well, off the cuff, I don't remember. Uh, I don't know uh, because that would be yeah. a really boring and a lot of editing, honestly. And to do not it. helpful. <laughs> no, not at all. Exactly to your point. So. Um, I transcribe it all. Then I go through an editing process of breaking out the questions that I ask because I ask the question exactly the same way and I break it out. And so I have the five questions and the, that becomes five potential chapters. So I have instructories of everyone I spoke to, right? 
because here's what they said of how they want to introduce themselves, right? Then I have what, how are they involved and what are the challenges? What are the successes? Those are chapters, right? Uh, yeah. And then ending thoughts, maybe some, some prequel. Uh, this is in this book, you're going to learn about X, Y, Z, right? So some context ahead of time, in case you have no clue what that topic is is in the first place, or you want to learn about topic X, no problem. Here you go. Here's some context in the beginning that I, my preamble, my, my introductory <laughs> statements, et cetera, about what it's about, what you're going to learn, et cetera. And then my, my ending thoughts of, you know, where is the industry going? What, what is this topic uh, about or et cetera, et cetera. And what we've learned, that kind of thing. And then at the end, you have a book at the end of this system. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, so, so yeah, sorry, please. Oh, no, no. I was just saying it's like so streamlined. It's like a, a you're like the Henry Ford of books or something. <laughs> <laughs> With far less people involved. Yes. Yeah. Far less people. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, that, that is, that is, um, that's brilliant. It's, it's really Thanks. ingenious. You, Thank you're, you. Uh, I really have to say that's really ingenious. Thank you. Um, you do, you were telling me at the beginning of the interview that you do, uh, consult, consulting for, um, podcasts as well as book authors. Mm-hmm. So what is the process? Um, how do you help book authors? Well, it's either one on one or as a group. Um, so I, so I, right now I'm doing uh, masterminds uh, during uh, the lockdown um, mm-hmm. most of this year, uh, where I, I found uh, a series of people who are interested in doing podcasts and a series of people who are doing uh, who want to finish a book. And yeah. it was like, oh, it's like, oh, you've been working on this book how long? I'm sorry, how many years or how many months? You, oh, <laughs> Is it nonfiction or fiction or does it matter? Doesn't matter. Honestly, oh, wow. Do you find the same problems in both uh, genres? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, they're... The, uh, the book process is the same. The, yes. the editing is different, of course, right? Because you, one has characters, let's be honest, and, and a very, yeah. very defined storyline, or you would hope, right? Um, or going to be eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to hope. <laughs> uh, uh, otherwise, uh, people are going to put it down very quickly. Um, <laughs> uh, or, or you're going you're gonna to instruct someone to do something, right? Or mm-hmm. help someone do something, right? And learn something in the nonfiction world. Um of th- this is my five steps to do blah, 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 or my seven steps around blah, or, or my interest around this in case you're interested in the same topic. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so systemizing it all for them and pushing them along, but I have what's called a deadline, um, which a lot of people who write don't have unless they're professionals. And I push them to like, for example, I'm finishing a mastermind, uh, on Thanksgiving day. Like the oh, week wow. of th- the week of Thanksgiving, really. The week of, okay. Yeah, right. So, so that Monday, um, I'm leading ten authors to finish their book. That we started in summer, right? Um, where some people had a book, some people didn't have a book, some people had a bunch of st- short stories, you know, whatever uh, that looked like. And um, the the goal was to finish, right? Um, and some of them are are literally going to push the publish button on on Amazon, uh, uh, Kindle Direct Publishing, and some will do it on some other platform. And some want to after they finish writing, they want to seek a a, a agent okay. potentially speaking, or uh, reach out to said publisher to get it published. And I was like, sure, yeah. But the the goal is to finish the book, right? Um, and you'll have the cover in theory. Right, you'll have it edited. You'll have it formatted 
for either a print or a ebook, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Or potentially something else because um, there's also audiobooks, right? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't forget those as you, yeah. as, you, as you listen to this podcast. It's <laughs> yeah, a nice stream of income for you. Right. Multiple formats equals multiple streams, right? Uh, is that really that simple? Um, how can the people get in touch with you to um, place for the consultation? Because this sounds like a really great program. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so you you can reach out to me. You can find me on my website and on my website itself, you, you click on consulting and you can literally book time there. Um, it's makes it, I make it very, very easy. You just go to H E N R I K D E G Y O R.com. You look, click on consulting. You'll find the consulting as you might be interested in, click on it and book time. And I will talk to you then and, uh, look forward to speaking with you if you're interested in, in, uh, my services. Um, if not, no big deal, no, no harm done. Uh, but you'll get some insights and the idea is to get your project done. Right. Um, and, potentially get a new stream of income. Um, even if your book is not that stream of income necessarily, because a lot of people write books to promote their consulting, which I have too, honestly. Mm. So, so it's to, it's there somewhere in there, usually in the beginning, middle end, mm-hmm. uh, or every time you end a chapter, uh, your choice, um, you mention the call to action. Like you want your audience to do X, right? You're like, take a look at my other book that I wrote about X or Z, or Y, right? Um, you know, th- there has to be a call to action, especially in a nonfiction book where you're promoting your business if you're if that's your goal. Um, mm-hmm. and now, it has to be a soft sale, not a very salesy, like, I offer a 1995 package. No? Right? <laughs> He's not right? an infomercial or right, something. Right, yeah, no, right. People are very turned off by that, especially even now. Uh, I mean, not that it's very different now versus any other time, but, you know, since they can't go anywhere else, People are interested in finishing their projects. You know, they have a lifelong dream of finishing a book, but are really interested in starting a podcast because, well, they have a lot of things to say, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like, but like the both of us, we like to interview people, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. I love exactly. to hear what you think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, um, uh, what's a quote or something? I, I kind of had to wrap up here, but I'm really enjoying the chat. And, um, you kind of said a couple things about, um, setting a deadline makes you a professional. I really, really enjoy that. But uh, what is the quote or something you want to leave the audience with? Hmm. Um, let me think for a second here. Sure, take your time. Quotes. Um, I can't think of one right now. Um, let's see. I mean, I, I like persistence because that's what gets it done, right? Um, but um, persistence, yeah, yeah. It seems like when you structured your business the way you did, you, you kind of took the oh, I got to motivate myself for today because you already know what you're going to be doing that day. You're like, oh, I'm going to be working on editing. Like, even if you feel it or not, like you're going to be in front of your computer working on that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's like you kind of took you stripped yourself of an excuse to be a like, you know how writers lie to themselves. We all lie to ourselves when it's time to sit down and write. Oh, it's it's, it's cold outside. You know, I shouldn't. You know, let me let me, let me watch TV. Yeah, exactly. I'm hungry. I can't write when I'm hungry. You know, like whatever it is, whatever lie you kind of stripped yourself of all the lies and was like, you just have simply the work. So yes. yeah, I really enjoy that about it. Absolutely, yeah. I really enjoy that about your process. So, so what one thought around the, and you're probably familiar with it and you may have mentioned it in the past, uh, mm-hmm. is you, you're, everyone's familiar with the, the art of war, but, oh, yeah. uh, but Stephen Pressfield wrote 
The War of Art, which is exactly around the book writing process and breaking that, bringing out the muses and breaking all the excuses known to mankind. I would Mm -hmm. highly recommend if anyone's trying to read or excuse me, create a book or write yeah. or, or finish a project, right? Of any sort, even if it's not a book, uh, read the, the War of Art. Even if you're writing for art's sake or not, it doesn't really matter. The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield is great because he, he removes all filters too, which is the best part. Um, and, 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 you know, all the I'm hungry or I can't or it's too cold <laughs> or my, my, my feet need a rubbing or whatever. It's like, no, it's like you, you need to sit down and, and actually get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Get it done. So, so the quote I'll, I'll leave you with is every task, t- every task takes time. Every task takes time. Um, every time. And, and so, so with that thought, schedule it. If you don't schedule it and you don't acu- uh, account time and, and dedicate time to doing said task, it's not going to get done. Now it doesn't necessarily need to get it done in that half hour, 15 minutes, whatever. Like I'll mm-hmm. literally break tasks down to 15 minute blocks, right? Because I'll be really, really focused for 15 minutes. I may not be focused for two hours. Let's no. be honest, right? Because yeah. attention span wanes. Oh, shiny object. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. So, I but if that. you break it down to really small tasks, really, really small tasks, like, like yesterday I scheduled um, uh, next year's podcasts through, through the entire quarter um, uh, of, of 2021. Mm-hmm. In, in about 15 minutes because I had it all edited and it's just like schedule, schedule, schedule. Done. Okay, moving on. Next task, right? So my schedule is booked today and tomorrow and a few other days. Um, yeah. and, but it's, it's, it's totally manageable because I actually account for my time because if you account for what you're actually going to do, even if it's mm-hmm. Xbox or watching Netflix and chilling, you're accounting for your time. Right, You're, like if I'm super busy, I will schedule sleep in three-hour blocks. Wow, you you count for your time. I yes. love that. Right. So mm-hmm. for writers, they need to learn how to account for their time and hold themselves accountable mm-hmm. and set deadlines on your work so that you have uh, and be hard on yourself. Maybe get an accountability partner to help you meet your deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to thank you for your time and thank you for the chat. This has been another edition of the Jordan Baylor Draft. Now go turn off your phones and go write. 